Support is provided by the Red Stag Supper Club, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week and brunch on weekends, focusing on locally farmed ingredients and featuring a Friday night fish fry. RedStagSupperClub.com. From Minnesota Public Radio, this is Grammar Grader. It's the podcast about words, grammar, and usage for the information age. This week's episode, Look It Up. Looking for you. Looking for you. Here on Grammar Grader, we don't pretend to be the experts, but to inform the content of our show, we certainly consult a number of actual experts and seek answers from expert reference materials. Those materials include an assortment of dictionaries. It turns out that using and choosing dictionaries requires some vital skills and a thoughtful approach. And we met the perfect person to talk to us about dictionary skills back in May when the Grammar Grader podcast visited the American Copy Editors Society, or ACES, National Conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Producer Brett Baldwin and I had the chance to talk to Wendelin Nichols. I'm Wendelin Nichols, and I am the editor of Copy Editing Newsletter. And I used to be the uh, editorial director of Random House's Reference Division, so that makes me a true word nerd, a lexicographer, in fact. Now, as a lexicographer, you've said that people may be misusing dictionaries sometimes. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, I write about dictionaries as often as I can because for me it's sort of a personal crusade to teach dictionary use skills, which seems to get missed. People think that there is a dictionary. They'll say, is it in the dictionary? And there is no the dictionary, for example. Um, They'll say, why can't I find the word tweet in my dictionary? As if somehow it should materialize in their paper dictionary because people are starting to, to... post tweets on Twitter, right? And then they'll look up something that is on a, 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 a wiki type or a... a, a um, User-generated content. Generated content source like Urban Dictionary where there's nothing's moderated. And they might find it there, but you can't really regard that as reliable. And they say, well, why isn't it in Merriam-Webster online yet? Well, A, the free version is the 10th edition. So they're not going to update that. you got to pay... For the 11th, but B, it's just going to take time for a word like that to get into a mainstream dictionary because lexicographers track these things for a long time and try to see if it has staying power. When I was at Random House, we used to change the dictionary every year because we'd print every year and we had a database. And so we would do things like say, well, okay, on balance, let's just put the Macarena in there because people want to know how to spell it. But it came straight out the next year because it was just too trendy. So unless you're going to be buying a new print dictionary every year, you've got to give it time. Now, Michael Quinion is an author and linguist we've had on the program a number of times, and he says that words typically have about a 10-year lead from the time they start getting used in speech until they start appearing in dictionaries. What's your sense of that timeline? That's, that's accurate. He, Michael is just is spot on. In fact, um, uh, dictionaries etymology, when they'll, they'll say, here's the date that this word, um, the, they give it in the entry, doesn't necessarily mean that's when the, the word first appeared. It could mean that that is the earliest citation that that particular dictionary has, or the earliest citation that is generally known about. But yeah, words are always in use in speech before they make it into print. And often what happens is you'll see it make it into print in quotation marks first. And when the quotation marks start to come away is usually the point at which a lexicographer will say, okay, this is probably going to be mainstream and it's, it's time to, to think about putting this in. 
When people encounter a new word, they often ask, is it in the dictionary? What's your response when people say that sort of thing? My response is, which dictionary? Because every single dictionary has a set of people who are analyzing the language with different citations that they're looking at and different corpuses that they're looking at, and they're making decisions about what they put in their dictionary. So you really do have to be critical and understand that the dictionary isn't an animal that exists. So if somebody were to look up an established word, what's your recommended roadmap to fully understand the way a word is used and what it means? Well, I think that first of all, you need to, if you're trying to evaluate which dictionaries are going to work for you, pick a test word. And then look it up in different ones. Either go to a bookstore and look at the physical ones, but increasingly those departments are shrinking so much you can barely find them behind the cash register. But you know, go online because Merriam-Webster's online. Um, American Heritage is online at Bartleby.com. There's yourdictionary.com, which has Webster's New World, and then the Random House Unabridged is at dictionary.com. So those four places you can go to, and you can find, just look up one of the words and see how it's treated. See if it gives you the information that you need. See if you understand the way that it's presenting the information, right? See what else it's linking to. They do things differently, each dictionary does. So in a lot of ways, it's which dictionary is right for you, right? Are you finding what it is that you're looking up, and is it telling you what you want to know? And then you have to get used to the way that it presents the information, because, for instance, um, Merriam-Webster is going to present it in historical order. Other dictionaries will do it in some kind of combination of frequency and salience, which is you know, whether it makes sense or not. So that, for instance, the entry for run, the most frequent sense of run, the verb in the English language, is to run a business. But that is not going to be the first sense that you encounter because it isn't psychologically salient. The first one is still going to be walk really fast with your, you move your legs really fast, right? And then ones that, that deal with more frequency will put the run a business one sooner. But other things also come into play, like the way that they show their verbs and, and, and the order, the nesting of, of different types of information and where am I going to find a compound? You can't just assume that a word isn't in the dictionary um, until you know how to find it because compounds end up being in different places too. You have to learn this. And where do you learn it? In the front matter of your dictionary, right? Um, or in, I guess, on the online ones um, in some of the about sections, you know, how to use it sections. Now, you just cited a number of online dictionaries, but it seems that among language watchers, these online resources are sometimes looked upon with skepticism. What are your thoughts? Does print still rule? Well, I don't think necessarily that the the medium is the issue. The issue is the source. You still need mediated Right, information. When it comes to reference resource information, wikis are good places to get leads to help you go find the true original sources, but they should never be your original source. And so any kind of wiki-type dictionary, too, is simply competing opinions. And a lot of them can be very, very wrong, you know. Whereas lexicographers, it's their job to compare all the sources and find out what, on balance, is the most frequent you know, what is the accepted standard, all of those kinds of things. You know, whether there are other uses that, that you may not even be aware of that you need to know. It's, that, that's what they do as their profession. And so it makes a huge difference to have that mediated information. Wendelin, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. 
subscribe. This has been Grammar Grader from Minnesota Public Radio. Special thanks this week to Wendelin Nichols of the American Copy Editors Society. Our producer is Brett Baldwin. Executive producer is John Pearson. I'm Luke Taylor. Thanks for listening. And if you like Grammar Grader, visit our site at mpr.org slash gg. Words cannot describe the twinkle in your eyes, the fire.